Hey, we're live with the Protector slash Protectors Book Club. We're just kind of a, a twofer tonight. We're going to do a Protectors interview live, and it's going to be part of the Protectors Book Club. And we have a great guest today, man. A great background and emerging onto the scene as a fiction writer. Taylor, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor to be here. Welcome from Texas, land of the free, home of the brave. Yeah, I t- I'm uh, I'm actually traveling right now. I'm down in Abilene. I, I'm normally in uh, Amarillo, but doing a book signing tomorrow, and uh, so I'm I'm on the road. So hopefully everything goes okay. Oh, it's gonna go great, man. It's uh, <laughs> it's a good time to be traveling in Texas. It's only like 120 degrees in most places. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's 100 about 120 degrees, <laughs> and so but you get used to it when you're from here. You live here, you get used to it, and that's just part of it. Oh man, so did you grow up there? Yeah, I did. I grew up in central Texas, um, north, uh, north of Houston, about 70 miles north of Houston. And I grew up on a farming ranch down there. And so central Texas is, um, is kind of what my home, but man, I'm, I've relocated to West Texas and I know people probably think Texas is Texas, but it absolutely isn't. It's, it's, uh, it's like several States in one, uh, a general feel for the whole place, but it's definitely different. Now, when did you leave Texas? Were you like a teen or were you like one of these? I lived in Texas, but you left there when you're like three or four. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I, I was, uh, you know, kind of born and raised there. went to college, uh, went to Texas A&M uh, undergrad. Uh, and yeah. And so uh, you're not a UT fan, are you? No, but, you know, I know there's a big, a big rivalries. There is. There used to be. Well, I guess the rivalry, you know, it was pretty good until, you know, we broke off and went to the SEC. But now it looks like, you know, maybe UT's, you know, going that way, too. So we'll see if we can get that back going. But uh, but no, I grew up here, you know, spent um, my entire life, um, you know, small town Texas, you know, kind of what you, you know, hear about or, or seeing TV shows or whatever. It was, that was my life, you know, uh, Friday Night Lights, you know, big football town and all that. And um, but yeah, I got out, uh, went, ended up going to graduate school out in California, out at Pepperdine. And then from there went to the CIA and, um, d- you know, did a variety of stuff, you know, overseas and here and there. And, uh, and then, but uh, ultimately you know, Texas stop, calls me back. <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. You throw that out there in national. Yeah. I just went over to the CIA. Now, <laughs> yeah. was that like a recruiting thing or you were kind of like, Hey, you know what? I want to see the world. You know, Texas is big, but Texas yeah. isn't the world. And you were like, yeah, yeah I think I'll go. Was that one of your main, like, you know, pillars of life was a joint agency i loved so i never really thought i was going to do that but i i loved uh international studies and all, all that stuff to me was like even growing up on a farm and ranch you know every time i'd saw see a a jet fly over i'd be like i wonder where they're going and and i i kind of had this sort of background you know my 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 dad's side of the family they were like farmed and ranched in uh in texas for generations i mean the first i'm robert taylor moore the first robert moore that came to Texas was when it was still Mexico and he fought in the battle of San Jacinto. And so we had these deep Texas roots. My mother, however, uh, they were, she's a Texan as well, but her dad was an oil and gas guy and he, you know, they lived overseas. And so she grew up in Argentina and Venezuela and she would tell me all these wild stories about living in the jungles and doing all these things. So I always had this, like in my mind, you know, I'd I'd look at that jet flying over. I was like, I wonder where they're going. And uh, so anytime I had a chance to travel overseas, I always did. I always, I always jokingly say my favorite study, uh, my, my favorite uh, subject in school was social studies. I loved like the idea of other cultures and what was going on. So I think it was just a natural fit for the CIA. And, you know, I always tried to uh, prepare myself, travel, get as educated as I could and all that kind of stuff. And so it just sort of lent itself uh, to, to a career there. But yeah, so I never necessarily thought I would do that as a kid. Although even though James Bond, of course, was my hero, you know, growing up, but 
Um, but yeah, I always kind of thought that spy life would be cool. And if you like international things, that's the place to be. Now you bring up James Bond. That's a, a very good question. Who is your favorite James Bond? So Roger Moore is uh, James Bond for me because because uh, that was the guy on the big screen. Now you know, of course, we what you know, just give you know, given my age, you know, we w grew up with the VHS tapes. We'd go to you know the movie store and uh, and yeah, so all the old Sean Connery, uh, you know, I'd start from the beginning and go all the way through. But when I was a kid uh, and we would go see James Bond, it was Roger Moore. So me and my friends are running around, you know, thinking Roger Moore is James Bond. So, but I love all of them. They're they're all pretty good and. Um, and so now James Bond is just, um, he's it for me, man. I thought that was cool when I was a kid. You know, the eighties bonds, man, where was, was that? Um, oh, man, I'm trying to remember the one when, it, you know, I wish they could always have a jaws. Like, yeah. you know, I wish like this new series had someone with metal teeth. I think that I would be, like the best thing ever. What did, did the real Jaws, did he have like a kid or something? Wouldn't that be great if they could bring oh him back? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that'd be like the best thing ever. Or come up with something that'd be like awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, a view to a kill, that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Little Duran Duran. Duran Duran was great. Yeah, my my all-time favorite uh, Bond, though, and I, I know this is people are going to like, you're crazy. I loved Moonraker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because as a yeah, kid, man. you're like, really? Like a battle in space? That could yep. happen, you know? And um, and so it's funny you watch Austin Powers years later, and then you watch the James Bond, you're getting like, they didn't really have to reach too hard. They were like no. that, like, they were like that ridiculous. But as a kid, the idea that you could like go up and have a battle in space was just the coolest thought ever for me. The best villain weapon to me was the uh, the guy with the hat, and he could throw oh. the hat and it would cut people's <laughs> yeah. heads off, cut the statues' heads off. Yeah, I mean, that literally I, but, is like the best thing ever. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you don't think that's gonna happen to you that you're gonna get your head lopped off by a guy with a hat, you know? So, I mean, do they teach that at the farm? I mean, like you get out there and you're like, oh, today we're working on hat 101. Yeah, yeah. If you ever come across this guy, here's what you do. Here's how you mm -hmm. block the hat. Yeah, that, that's like yeah. day one. They teach you that. Oh, okay, that's great, man. <laughs> now, the writing aspect of everything okay. was this, you know, growing up, were you like a stellar student and your English teachers are like, man, you're going to go through, you're like the next Hemingway? No, my teachers that are reading the book now, it's funny. I, I got, or was it kind of like, oh, yeah. They're like, well, really? This guy? Um, no, you know, I was never like a stellar student. You know, I was an okay student. Um, and it's funny you bring that up because literally one of my history teachers from middle school was has been writing me on Facebook and like asking me about these things. And she was like, I don't think you got this part wrong or whatever. And I was like, no, let me explain. Let me explain. And so, um, so it is funny, but it, it's fun to be able to like have teachers that, um, that you knew along the way and that inspired you. Cause I, I loved history. I love social studies. And then that, that, you know, turns into history later on. And, and I loved history, not probably not surprisingly. And, uh, so, uh, so I've had a couple of history teachers reach out and they're reading the book and they're excited about it. And so it's fun for me to be like, well, Hey, thanks for inspiring me along the way because, because of what you guys do is, 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 you know, made me the man that I am and the, the passions that you had for history is what made me like passionate about it too. And, and so, you, you know, if, you, as you read the book, you'll notice there's Texas history, like thrown into it and all that. And I love all that stuff. And, and I try not to like bog the reader down, but I want to give enough context to where it's fun, you know, it's some, some fun factoids to throw in there. You know, we, we are doing a book club. I should probably really bring out the book. It's, <laughs> I appreciate it's, it. <laughs> you know, Taylor Moore downrange, a Garrett Cole novel. I love these names, man. I, 
let's talk about the naming convention for thriller okay. books and and yeah. and mystery books and and the whole fiction. Garrett Cole. Yeah. My uh, one of my best friends is named Garrett, and uh -huh. I, you know, I look at him. He's cool. He's cool, yeah. but Garrett Cole sounds even cooler. Yeah, Where right. that name came from? This is like a conglomerate of people you've worked with or associated with. So you know, it's funny. My wife the other night, um, she asked me. She she's and my, my wife is just now reading the book. Everybody has read the book. She's never read it, and so she's like getting towards the end. And and so you know, the brother is named Bridger. Um, and um, and she said, I love that name. Where did you come up with that? So well, it's Jim Bridger. You know, the the mountain man, the famous you know uh, scout and everything. I said he's named after. Uh, you know, Jim Bridger and, and Garrett is named after Pat Garrett who shot, you know, yeah. killed Billy the kid. And, and it's not in the book. It's just, but it's in my head. And, I, and it might've been at a, in a, in a version of the book that, you know, edits come through and it, I, I never even re really remember what's in the book when it's all said and done. So, um, but yeah, that, that's where those names came from. Now, is this going to be like a, a, like a, you know, a series, yeah, that's going to be going on for like you yeah. know seven eight books. We're really going to get vested, and then one yeah. day, hey, you know, we'll kill off some of the main characters, and everybody's pissed off at you, and they don't. No, know no. no, here's here's the deal. No, it is a series. I want it to be very long running, and um, and so I've been telling people. So I just turned in book two to my editor, and my agent read the book, and he was like, "Holy smokes, I can't believe!" Like he said, you took these like minor characters from book one and made them major characters. And he's like, "They're great," you know, and and uh, and so I. I've kind of been telling people, I was like, pay close attention to book one because you might meet someone for a brief moment that might be a major character in book two or book three or book four and book five because I've got them all planned out. And so all these little characters that come along the way are going to be, they're going to be along for the ride and you're going to get to know them. You're going to love them or hate them depending on who they are. So let's talk about the book. What is the premise of the book for people who haven't read it yet? Yeah. So, so I'll give you a little, um, I'll let you, uh, uh, I, I, I'll let you. yeah, yeah. I give the worst elevator uh, pitch in the history of elevator pitches. So it, it'll take me a while to get there, but basically, and I, and I like to jokingly point out what a brilliant Intel guy I am. Cause you remember the book is set the United States and NATO has left, uh, or is, is leaving Afghanistan and it's sort of like, this is what's going to happen. So uh, chapter one starts with some major uh, badness going on in Afghanistan. Our, our, our uh, protagonist, Garrett Cole, is there to witness it, uh, that the Taliban and, and groups like this are moving back in and, um, and, and you know, wreaking havoc on the place. And, uh, and so my, our, our guy, Garrett Cole, is on a DEA task force. Um, you know, tackling the opium trade and uh, because the money that, you know, that's being put into this is going into buying arms and buying weapons and all this stuff. So the U.S. is like, OK, we can't let this happen again. So he's part of this task force. Well, he happens to be in a place he shouldn't have been in a place and, and, and see some things he shouldn't have seen. Um, he um, ends up seeing this this village basically raised by this group of marauders that comes in there. Uh, it knows he's not supposed to do anything. Rules of engagement are very clear and he's not supposed to make a move, uh, but he does. And uh, and because of this, and I won't give away too, because I don't like to give away too many, too many spoilers, but um, but ends up on this protective custody assignment back in Texas. And uh, and just when, you know, you think everything's safe and everything's fine, it goes from bad to worse, out of the frying pan, into the oven. And Garrett's life really <laughs> it takes a turn for uh, for the more even more dangerous, if you can imagine. And so I won't give too many spoilers, um, but but that's kind of where it starts off. So it starts off kind of crazy and wild and ends up wilder and crazier, I guess I should say.
Oh, and we're going to, we got our first comment. Then we're going to get right back into the downrange because okay. I want to talk about DEA task force, seeing as yeah. when I first became a special agent, I was on a Haida task force. So we'll get into that in a minute, but let's, okay. let's hear from my good friend, Chris. Okay. When did you go through the farm and was it at Camp Perry? Come on, Chris, this is TSSEI, brother. We can't be talking yeah. about that now. I don't know. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Chris, you know better than that, brother. But no, did, so did you actually pick the brains of people that were working on these task forces? Because it, there are some really colorful characters that work in Haida from all the different agencies. And it's really cool to get their perspectives. And for everybody out there, Haida is high-intensity drug trafficking areas. A lot of DEA task forces work those, especially their different operation names, stuff like that on the border. So, Yeah, so so here, here is the premise behind the book. And this is kind of an interesting story about how Garrett Cole and Downrange was born. Um, how I got my agent as a writer was not with this book and it wasn't with Garrett Cole. It was with a, a, a CIA novel uh, with another protagonist and Garrett Cole was a secondary character in that novel. And, uh, and I know this isn't the first uh, writer that's ever been through that. Um, I think maybe Mark Graney might've had something uh, similar. Um, but, but yeah, so basically what happened was I was writing a, like more of a Brad Thor, Vince Flynn kind of, you know, one of those kind of novels and, um, and got my agent, you know, he's, you know, I guess the writing and story was good enough, but my agent was the one who said like, I think you got something, this Garrett Cole guy is interesting, man. This is fascinating. Uh, and you know, his story was, you know, his backstory was always that he was from a ranch in Texas. He was sort of a horse soldier, beard, hair, tattoo, you know, just a different kind of guy. And, um, Green Beret background and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, he said, I think that, that's your protagonist right there. He said, what do you think about bringing him back home and starting a seri series there? And I was like, no, no. I said, I'm an Intel guy. I was like, I know Intel. I don't know law enforcement. That's not my thing. Although I'd work counter narcotics, uh, what I always call it, the, the 30,000 foot level with the military doing, you know, uh, contract work. And, um, and so I was like, ah, you know, I, I just, that's not, that's not what I did. I'm not comfortable with it. But he said, well, just think about it. Just think about it. See what you can do. And, and, and you know, I had enough experience and, you know, working with law enforcement, you know, we always work with the FBI and all that. And um, and so I had this concept and, and I was like, and because I remember um, there, there was a story before I, when I was in graduate school, I remember talking to um, a, a friend of mine, a friend of mine's dad who was in the FBI. And I remember saying like, uh, I, I would like to go to FBI or CIA. He's like, what's the difference between the two? And he said, uh, and this is the FBI guy, he says, the FBI wears the, the white hats and the CIA wears the black hats. And uh, and as much as I like to think that's not true, um, it, it, there's there's a little bit of true. I call it like I like to call it a gray hat, maybe, you know, um, but it's a little bit different. And there's just different. Um, there's different. We're both on the same mission, but how you accomplish those things and, and the they're just different. They just are. And there's a different mindset between the two. So I was like, OK, well, what if I, I put this law enforcement guy in the CIA's world and see how he maneuvers through that? Because I'd seen it from my lens and I saw, you know, people in the FBI are like shaking their heads at us like, huh, you know, and um, and so I put Garrett in the world of the CIA. That was very gray and he's a very black and white law enforcement. Here's how things are. Well, I, I, I think it would be fun to see how this guy operates in a gray world. And so that's what I do. And so that's what I do in, in book one. And it'll continue throughout the, the series where he, he can't escape the CIA. They'll always be involved. And so that's kind of how that was that was born. I like that concept, man. It's, I'm, you know, I still have yet to read it. 
even though uh, I get all these books, I wish I could read them all. Yeah. But I will read this one because now you really got your, you're peaking my interest brother. And yeah. I like this. I, I really like this uh, webpage you got going on here. I feel like I'm back on the border. I feel like I'm in Texas on a plane somewhere. Yeah. I got to do a plug for author bites who did this website. They just did that for me recently. And if you're an author out there, um, mm-hmm. uh, author bites is just phenomenal. They've been phenomenal to work with and like produce a beautiful, beautiful product. So anyhow, uh, and I, and I didn't know, oh, you can see the author bites down there, but, um, but no, they just did that for me recently. I'd made my own website <laughs> and as they, as the, the people that they said, it's a good starter website, and I was yes, like, sir. Man, you know? but I think this is beautiful. I think it's cool. And if, and if, it you, is. if you like what you see on there, you're going to love the book. Cause it's, I, I take the wild West, the old West, mix it with modern day technology, mm-hmm. spy world operator it's an operator style thriller mixed with a modern day western and so i tell the people a lot of times i was like if you like hell or high water and you like sicario smash those together and that's what you get in the book yeah i could there we go we had a little yeah. snafu with the with yeah, the concert but yeah i love hell and high water that was such a good movie yeah yeah, I'm a big Taylor Sheridan fan. And so, uh, so, you know, he's been an influence on me and just, you know, when I, when I saw what, you know, he's another Texas guy and he grew up really probably not that far from where I did. And, um, but I, I love the idea of hell, hell or high water and, uh, and I love Sicario franchise. And I just thought that was fun. And it's just good fun. You know, it's just it, like, you know, people are asking like, well, what do you want? What do you want out of this, this book series? And I said, I want people to have fun. You know, I want people to, I want to, I want escapism. I want to bring joy into people's life. I want you to be riding across the Texas high plains on a quarter horse as fast as it will go shooting your AR 15 at the bad guys. That's, that's what I want, you know? And, and so, so fortunately with the, uh, uh, the re- the reactions I've been getting from people have been really positive and really good. And people are enjoying the book. And the biggest compliment I've been, I've been getting is that is, and I've, it's been consistent. People keep saying I've spent way too many late nights reading this book, trying to get resolution. I said, good luck. You're not going to get it till you get to like the last page. Cause I said, it's by design. It's meant to be a page turn. It's meant to be fun. And so, so that's what I did. Yeah. When you bring up like, you know, we were talking about Don Bentley before when mm-hmm. you bring up Don and his writing style, you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going through his whole book and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're killing me without sanction. And I'm like, uh, well, so I've told so, yeah. Don, I told, I've told Don before, like I said, we're friends. And, and I said, I said, when I read without sanction, you know, I got like three quarters through and I was like, Oh, Don, dear, sweet Don, you like wrote yourself into a corner. There's no way out of mm-hmm. this. What are you going to do? And he manages to like take you to that level. Like, how are you going to get out of this? And he, I mean, I don't want to get any spoilers for without sanction, but it's a phenomenal book. And I just I, like the, the things that he wrote in, I was like, and I've told Don before, I said, you do all those things that I wish I could do. <laughs> There's all these techniques and you do them. Like, how do you do that? You know, but he's great. He's fantastic. He is, man. You know, he's really down to earth. And that's what I like a lot. This generation of authors from, from, from you now to the Jack cars and Mark Greenies, to Bentley, uh, Brad Taylor, everybody's very down to earth. Yeah. And that's what I like about this. I like being able to have like a conversation where it's not pretentious. That makes a sense. But no. uh, yeah, I like it, man. Well, no, it's true. And, and everybody I've ever met has been, you know, and, and I had this, uh, this conversation on another podcast or an interview. I can't even remember what it was, but they, you know, they were like, it, it, it's like, it, it, 
I, I guess in theory, these guys should be my competition or, or I'm there or competition, whatever it is, but that's that nobody treats it like that at all. It is like you're all on the same team as thriller writers. And the better you do, the better everyone else does. The more people like thrillers, the more it's great for the community of, of writers that are doing these things. And I have found nothing but like the Mark Greenies, the Brad Taylors, the Don Bentleys, um, all, um, the Mike Maddens. All these guys are like nothing but like, how can I bring you up? How can I help you? And they'll bend over back. And Jack Cars, how, how can I like help you do this thing? And it's been really cool. It's a good group of guys. And, you know, and then and, and talk about the pretentious, you know, I, I mean, I can't speak for anyone else, but people are like, you know, like, why are you writing these books for entertainment? I want to entertain you. I yeah. want to like. I want to make a story that you're really going to enjoy and I'm not going to throw anything in your face or make, you know, like I want, I want you to jump in with these characters because we all have lives that are hectic and, you know, and and people have asked me before, like, what do you want to write? I say, I want to write airport books. What's an airport book. I want that book that the business traveler who's on the like horrible layover. Who's like, this is miserable. I just want to get home to my family is is, like, can pick up a book and just escape into another world. That's all I want to do. You know? You bring up a great point about the other authors, and I say this a lot, and I I think the people, the readers are saying this a lot. So I'll pick up a, a Taylor Moore downrange, a Garrett Cole novel, and mm-hmm. I'll read it. Like I'll be on a vacation, I'll read this thing, it'll be quick, it'll be on it'll be on a plane, I'll be sitting around, I'll be reading it in a hotel room, whatever, go home, and I want another book. So mm-hmm. then I pick up a Jack Carr. I want I want similar books, I want the same genre. Yeah. And there are enough to go around. I think that's what a lot of people are realizing now that most people don't just buy one book anymore. Yep. They want more. They want continuity. It's like the Marvel universe is like the yep. thriller universe. You want, yep. you want the full spectrum. And that's why I think there's a lot of authors helping other authors out. Cause it really is. It's a networking thing and you're, you're, you're helping each other sell other books, but you're also selling ideas to each other saying, Hey, mm-hmm. you know what? That, that works. Yeah. I never thought about doing that. That works. Yeah. No, it's good. I mean, I tell you a funny story. So, you know, I'm living up in, you know, Amarillo, Texas. My my mentors, my in my critique group, uh, the people who were my biggest mentors were two New York Times bestselling romance writers. And uh, and it's sort of a funny thing. So here you got this former CIA guy mixed with these like romance writers, and somehow it worked. But I tell you, I never read a single bit of romance in my life. But when they started reading their stories when we were doing critique. Well, I mean, I can't speak for every bit of romance, but they were writing more like Western romance, um, Jody Thomas and Linda Brode, and they were just, they wrote these beautiful stories, and they created places you wanted to live, and they created people that you wanted to know. And so what I saw was, I was like, okay, well, I might not read romance, but I see what they're doing here. Like, they they created, it's it's a level of world building, and, Mm -hmm. and so that's what I wanted to do for the Texas High Plains. And you can look at like Craig Johnson or CJ Box, what they do for Montana and Wyoming. Well, I wanted to do that for the Texas High Plains. I wanted to like, it's a world that exists, but I have to build it for people that have never been there, right? So I wanted to build this really cool world. And and uh, and so it's been fun, you know, because I'm proud of West Texas. I'm proud of the High Plains, the Ano Estacado. And I think it's a really cool place that nobody knows about. So I built this world and 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 I think people are going to be shocked to know that like, you know, the restaurants that you see, like the Stumbling Goat, Stumbling Goat, that's a real place. You can go have a hamburger there and a Shinerbach beer. And uh, and I think it sounds made up, but it's not. You can go there in Canadian and the Cattle Exchange is like a real place. And uh, Chiawas and Perryton and all these th- places I put in there are like real places you can like go eat and uh, so I just I, I just took what it really exists and made it come alive for people that are like not living in that little small community and they're fun 
neat, uh, like awesome places for people to go. I love reality based fiction. You know, when you're bringing in the real world, I because you learn something from these books as well. Yeah, it may be a little far out there, but you know, yeah. when you when you pull little things together, it's really fun. It's one thing I really enjoy about Jack Carr is he always throwing in stuff about like SIGs and and ARs and yep. all sorts of other different guns and windages, and it's it's really cool, man. That's and that's what a lot of this generation is. Yeah, and that is one thing I really like about Mark Greeny is he. If he doesn't know it, he'll find it out and he'll train it and he'll do it and he'll shoot the guns. He'll do everything. Yeah. So when he's writing, he's writing as not just writing out of his ass <laughs> to be, to be blunt. I think most of these guys, you know, and, and I do the same thing. Cause, cause I, I've, I've said before, I was like, I know at some point somebody will call me out on something. And I said, if I get something wrong, just know that it wasn't for a lack of trying. Like I try to get it right. And, uh, and, and so I seek out the experts. And so I know, I'll, I'll, I know some, I guess I should say, there are people who know a lot more than I do. So, you know, uh, so I, I've got buddies that are, you know, former Green Berets, former SEALs or whatever. So when I write my combat scenes, I'll send them to them and they'll be like, nah, you wouldn't take out this guy first. You'd take this guy out or, you know, whatever, like this, this didn't like totally make sense. So, you know, I grew up shooting, I grew up doing all those things. And, um, but not to the level like some of these guys, you know, and, um, but I, I try to do it. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, this podcast from a, a buddy of mine who's an attorney and he's a, 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 used to be in cutting horses, a guy named Kate Browning and good, you know, one of my all time best friends. And so I've reached out to him, you know, when I was doing the book, I was like, help me with the legal stuff, help me with the horse stuff. I grew up with horses, but not to the level of, you know, these guys, you know, that rode competitively and did all this stuff. And so anyhow, it's just, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's fun. And, and most people are really good that, you know, if you're a writer out there and you're listening to this, most people are into it. You know, like if you tell somebody I'm writing this thing and I need help, most people will help you out. So you just got to ask. You just stepped right into my next line of questioning. Was, right. Okay. This is a debut novel. And I love yeah. talking to people that just published their first book. They get it in the mail. They're like, Oh my gosh, man, that's me. Yeah. But jumping into the writing world, do you have any advice for a young author? doesn't have to be young or I should say a, a fledgling because you know, there's people like me out there who are like almost 50. They're jumping into it. Yeah, no, I've got a lot of advice. I, I try to narrow it down and it's hard to do. Um, but somebody asked that question and I came up with this thing that I'm not saying it's original, but but it's maybe a strange piece of advice. But I want to tell people there's two different like schools of thought. Like if you think like like most people aren't just like I'm going to be an author someday. I mean, some probably are. But, you know, like me, I was had a whole other career and was doing different things. But if you think I might really want to be a published author, um, then what I would tell you to do is if you're writing, start and finish a book. And I know that sounds like a really strange piece of advice. But, you know, uh, but when I would when I was practicing, practicing to become an I mean, the book that you're you're going to read uh, is book like seven or eight that I've that I've written. So but when I would actually finish a book, people would tell me, like, that's an accomplishment that you actually finished a book that you start and finished a book. And I know that sounds weird, but, but people start a lot of things and never finish it. So if you think you want to do this, make you make your make a goal to start and finish a book. Because that's where the rubber really meets the road. Because I have a lot of fun like going three quarters of a book and like making all these problems and doing all these horrible things to my protagonist. And then I go, oh my God, what did I do? Like I got to like for resolve all this. That's where the rubber meets the road as a writer. If you really want to be a writer, you've got to be able to resolve that in a way that's believable, but also meaningful. 
and then also sets you up if you're doing a series for the next one in the series. So I, so I say, if people really want to do this, practice finishing a book. Don't just write something to start something. Now, if this is just your release, if you are a writer that enjoys just like this is your hobby and you could care less, write a million books, start a million stories, never finish them. I mean, just have fun. But if you really think you want to do this, start and finish a book. That, that'd be my advice. That is excellent advice. And it's not just when you, because it basically you're getting in, when you want to become a writer, you're getting into quote unquote, the entertainment world. You're getting into the, Hey, you know what? I'm providing something that's going to entertain someone, whether through writing or anything. A lot of times when people, the same realm comes over to the podcasting world. I've met a lot of people do one or two, five episodes and they're like, wow, Mm -hmm. there's really a lot to this. You can't just jump on and talk smack for a little while. No, I would tell anybody with any advice like that is, you know, really write, 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 write. And if you really enjoy writing, then write. Yeah. Um, If you're doing it to try to make a million dollars or try to become a New York Times bestseller, don't do it, man. You really have to enjoy putting words to paper. It's 26 letters. You just got to figure out how to put them all together and make, you know, 120,000 words out of it. You know, (laughs) I did. And I did an article or an interview a while back and I said uh, the road to getting published starts with a million words. And, and I think, and I kind of fi- figured it up and I think I probably wrote a million words like book wise before I got published. And so I know that sounds like a crazy thing, but it's sort of an easy thing to remember, um, is, is write that much to you. If you've written a million words and you're, then maybe you're ready. And, and I, I'm not saying that's the case for everyone. It was a case for me because maybe I'm a slow learner. It took, it took a while, but finding your voice is a really big thing. And I tried a lot of different characters and they were kind of like, okay. But I think with Garrett Cole, I kind of found my voice with him and, and it, the characters seem to resonate with a lot of people. And you'll know it as a writer because it won't be this sort of laborious sort of like, you know, process. It'll just flow. And it flowed with him. And it takes a lot of writing and a lot of words to get to that to that character. And you, you'll know when, when you're a writer, because the first chapter that I ever wrote um, in, in Downrange was um, it was like probably 50 pages into the book. But um but it was like the best chapter I'd ever written. It was the easiest chapter I've ever written. I was like, I'm on this, you know, I felt like I was on to something, you know what I mean? And, and, and you'll know. So if you're a writer out there and you're kind of wondering, how do I know this? That's how, you know. And like you and me and a lot of other people I know, you may not have grown up with a pencil in your hand or a typewriter, but you get that itch a little bit later on and you keep picking at it and you're like, yeah. huh, there's something there. And it's your imagination. Use it. Yeah. And you don't, Take the monetary aspect out of it and just write, man. I yeah. love, I like that million words thing. I really like that. Yeah. Um, write op-eds. If you want to go um, nonfiction route, write op-eds, write yeah. uh, research. Right. If you want to go the fiction route, research and write. Write a novella. Yeah. You know, write, publish something, you know, have Dude, fun. Just, just do it. And, and like you said, have fun. Cause if it's not fun. This is this would be a miserable job if it's not fun. And this is the hardest I've ever worked. It's the most hours I've ever worked, like night to day, seven days a week. So if you didn't enjoy it, like the money is not wouldn't be worth it because like if you factored in the hours, you'd probably be like better off anywhere else, you know. <laughs> um, but but you got to like it and you got to enjoy it and you got to be proud of what you're doing. It's got to be like the story you're telling has to be a story that like you want everybody to know. Cause you're so proud of it. You want them to know. And, it, and it'll radiate through whenever, uh, well, cause at some point, like, you know, we've talked about, it's not just writing. you got to sell this story. So if you're kind of like, eh, it's pretty good. 
well, that's not going to cut it. You've got to love it. And I love it, you know, and I love this story and I'm proud of it. And when, and it's funny, like I said, you know, my, my wife is just now reading it, believe it or not. And so she's always like, we'll start laughing and, um, and I'll be like, what part, what part was that? You know, cause I want to know what, 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 what the humor hit was, or, you know, there's a part where she literally started crying and I was like, well, what part are you at? And she's like, told me about it and it, and it hit something for her. And so for those things as a writer, that's the most meaningful part is to see the humor hits, the sadness, the like, like, and sometimes I'll like ask her a question, like, leave me alone. I'm like in this scene. I'm like, okay, okay. Get, get back to that scene. I understand why. And and that's like a big part as a writer. You, you, you take joy in other people's joy. Well, the book is Taylor Moore downrange. Let's go, let's bring that back up here. I love this. A like Garrett Cole novel. I'll even get my radio voice on for that one. There you go. Uh, it is available now. Let's take a look at this. Let's, let's pull up the old fashioned Amazon. And I see you do have the audio book. I need to check that out. Cause I think there's a new person doing your audio that I the, haven't heard from before. The audio is good. I mean, I haven't heard the whole thing through, but you know, you can do a sample on there and it's pretty, I, I, I like that guy. I think he sounds great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Cause I, I really like audio books too. I'm like a huge fan of the audiobook. So everybody, please check that out. Um, and I do want to thank you and your publisher for sending books out to the Protectors Book Club. If everybody you're just tuning in now, this is your first time checking me out and checking out the Protectors. There's a couple different things we got going on right now. We got the Protectors Book Club, uh, which is just a great time to chat with authors just like Taylor here. Uh, we have Brad Taylor. Uh, Brad Taylor coming on next week. And then we also, we've had Andrews and Wilson. We've had Fred Burton. It, it, a lot of great people are coming on. Yeah, all good ones. And you are always welcome to come on. Always like to have you on as a, either a co-host or back on to talk about the, this book, your next book and every other book. Yeah. Uh, but I'm very excited for you. Yeah. I'm read it, man. It, put, put everything else aside and, and read down range. You know, you're going to love it. I think as a, yeah, with your background, you're going to love it. Now that we've talked, and now that I have the book here and I'm like, okay, you got me. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. I'm all in. Okay. I will do, I will read this. I'll write a review. And then with the protectors book club out there, everybody, we're going to actually have reviews up on the website. And the coolest thing about the book club is it doesn't cost anything. I'm never going to charge money. I do this because I love books so much. Um, and then we're going to have reviews. We're going to talk to great authors. And then, um, yeah, man, this is, this is a good time. This is a good kickoff for the series because not only did the protectors book club start in the past like month and a half, but your book just got published August 3rd. So mm -hmm. before I let you go, let's talk about pub week. What was yeah. that like besides a, a massive media blitz? It's complete insanity, man. That's one thing as a, as a new writer, nobody prepares you for. I said, there's several things that people don't prepare you for your first year of marriage, your first year of having kids. And your, your first in, in pub week, um, I, I didn't realize it was going to be the, the insanity that it was uh, from like morning to night, you know, doing podcasts, doing interviews, uh, doing all those things. And um, yeah, that was that was wild. And, and in fact, I, I just got to my friend's house. And he said, man, you've lost weight. I said, <laughs> I said, literally, <laughs> there were times I wouldn't eat. I don't forget to eat because I was so busy. But, you know, that's all part of it. Like I said, I, I you know, I'm proud of the book. I'm excited about the book. So I'm happy to get out there and do it. But it's, it's complete insanity. I will tell you that it's absolute craziness. <laughs> oh man. Before yeah. I let you go, let's ask, see if we got any questions out there in the audience. Anybody got some questions for, for Taylor? And if not, I got one more question for you. Okay, Go for it. Now that you've taken a break, a little break, quick yeah. one, you're getting your head above water. When yeah. do you go back to the, just 
completely engulfed into the writing process? Yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, so book two is with my editor right now. So I'm, 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 you know, kind of waiting any day to hear back from him and I'm sure there'll be lots of edits and lots of suggestions and lots of, um, but I got a phenomenal editor, editor and, uh, David Highfill at, uh, William Morrow. And, um, and so anything he, you know, chooses to add is always uh, pretty good. And, um, and so, you know, I, so I'm looking forward to that and then I'm looking forward to book three, man. So whenever, uh, whenever I get to go ahead, the green light, I, I have two, there's two different books that I have sort of outlined and I'm thinking about reversing them. So I'm going to talk to my editor about that, but, but I'm telling you guys, get in, get in on downrange and, uh, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to love it. And then you're going to get in on those characters that will, will just like, absolutely like, you know, you're, you're going to love them. So, you know, get in on it now. I'm in on it. We're going. Hold on, we got a comment here. We got. How okay. long did it take you to write a book? Oh, from my brother here. What do we got there? Hansel Gretel Piccolo. How long is the writing process for one book? So that that's a you know that's a great question. So um, um, it, it the, the answer is it depends, and I and I hate to give that answer, but um, but so for the first book you get this luxury, and so again you know I mentioned earlier that I had these you know two New York Times bestselling romance writers. And, you know, I was kind of complaining about how long it takes to get the first book done and the revisions and all that. And they kind of they kind of laughingly said, get ready, Taylor, because I said they said, once you get your book deal, you'll be on the you'll be on the hamster wheel for the rest of your life. And um, and and so to enjoy this downtime because um, and so, yeah, for the first book, it probably it's hard to say it was a four year process. But remember, I was writing an entirely different book series only to be have to develop an entirely new book series. And so when I did, um, you know, I had, you know, maybe I did that one over the course of a couple of years. Well, by the time I um, finished that one, had that completed, I had six months to write book two. And so uh, so that was just uh, I don't want to do that again. That's not enough time. I did it. Uh, I, I ended up going seven months. I, I busted my uh, my my uh, you know deadline a little bit. Um but, you know, that was just sort of uh, the process for, the, for, the, for book two and sort of figuring out where we wanted to go with the series. Um, so so I, I'm, I'll give you the range from six months to two years, depending on how much pressure. But that six months, that was writing seven days a week, morning to night, um, hitting it as hard as possibly you could, you, you could hit it. And so, uh, so it, it's a range. It's a range. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us tonight and sharing your story about getting into the writing business. I shouldn't really call it a business. Let's get, you know, business slash fun. We'll call it yeah. a fun business, it uh, but it is work too. So we don't want to tell everybody like, oh, you're going to have the best days of your life, but you're also going to have some like really rough days. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, it's the hardest job you'll ever love or whatever, you know, the old expression. I mean, it, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, I've never worked harder in my entire life. I've never put in more hours um, than I am right now, but, but, you know, they always say you'll never if you find what you love, you'll never work another day in your life. And you always think that's just kind of a BS thing people say. It's absolutely true for me in this in this business. I love writing books and I'm here to stay. And, and it's it's a passion. and It's it's what I do. Well, I really appreciate it, brother. Like I said, and I'm looking forward to reading this. I'll, I will have this done in the next seven days. Let me know what you think. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you think. I want to hear. I'm going to be. If I'm going to go through like this, DEA task force. Ugh. 
CIA. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you my feedback. You know, I'm, I'm really, I love these books, man. So I'm sure I'm going to love this one as well. Yeah, Everybody make sure we're going to put the book up there now. Downrange, a Garrett Cole novel is out now on Amazon, Barnes and anywhere where books are sold. Uh, make sure to go on any of your social medias. Follow Taylor now because his you're going to see him uh, progress through his writing. And uh, he's going to be in the next Jack Carr. <laughs> there is no next Jack Carr. Well, you know, you'll be the next someone. You'll be yeah. the next Taylor Moore. The next, the, the, I'll take it. There I'll take it. I'll take any of it. <laughs> or the Brad or Brad Taylor. I'll take any of those guys. Yeah. You, you name it. I'll be, I'll be it. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to following your career, brother. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Really, I appreciate it.